to Titillating Talks. And we're busting fitness myths. I'm Laura. I'm Hallie. And this is Titillating Talks. We're best friends and we're busting fitness myths. And sharing honestly. Welcome. Hello. Oh, hello. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I um, had a rough week last week. I had some sort of food poisoning and then I also had a sty in my eye and it was just... (laughs) It was like one thing after the other. And then I had a cold a few days ago. I'm still kind of congested, but I'm okay. (laughs) I'm sorry to hear all that. That sucks. (laughs) Yeah, it was like a, it was like a whirlwind of sickness and weird things, but I'm feeling good. Feeling good. I'm excited to be here with you and see you. Yes. 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 And there's, there's a cat somewhere. Oh, he, yes, he is running around right now. So you can hear (laughs) it. If you can hear any weird noises, that's his big giant paws thumping. Oh my gosh, he just stepped on my (laughs) keyboard. That's why I just saw like fur. It was like a flash, a flash of fur. And I was like, that looks like the cat. We might have to just lock him out of the room. He's going crazy. Maybe I should do that. One second. I'll be right back. Come here, Leo. Come here. See, look, there he is. Say bye. Uh, bye to Laura. <laughs> bye, bye, big cat. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go out here. Go play. Go play. All right. How are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, you know, the last last week of a two-year-old, and, <gasps> then, I'll, and then I'll have a three-year-old. So. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah, he's gonna be three on Sunday. So whoa, that's a that's a that's a number. <laughs> it's a number. He's gonna be three. That happened yeah. quick. <laughs> it, it it did. It's crazy. And just him being in preschool for like a month, you know, mm. like how much mm-hmm. he's like developed in that time is crazy. Like sentence formation and all of his communication skills and all. Wow. That. It's crazy. So. You have like a kid with you now, not a like a oh, yeah. toddler. It's like a child. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but he's definitely like, you know, he's very much my my little partner in crime, you know. So, you know, the more that he's spending time away from me in school and growing, the more he is actually getting attached to me and like not mm. wanting to lose that and so like there's a lot of like no I'm gonna nap right here right and he'll like just take his like two and a half hour nap on the couch because he doesn't want he doesn't want to like lose any time with me <laughs> you know what I mean and like he wants me to like sleep with him you know or put him down to bed like in my bed though right like for, oh. at least the first part of the night so that he like can be near me like he just wants to be like near me because he's lost a day right we used to have all day Tuesday together and now he's he's in school so wow I feel like even though he's getting older he's definitely like no give me my mother you know which I'm like totally game for like let's hold yeah. on to this 
for as long as possible, bud. Because one day he's going to wake up and be like, oh, mom, don't touch me, man. <laughs> right. I've had enough of you, mom. I've, I've seen you for five minutes after school. I don't need to talk to you anymore. Know, mom, close my door. You know, like I'm waiting for all of that. So yeah. right now we're like, he like knows the camera watches him. He's like, ooh, you can see me on the camera. I know that one day he's going to be like, oh, turn the camera off. Right. I like, need my privacy. Or- I know he'll be like 14 and I still have this baby monitor. <laughs> um, I don't think you'll want that actually. No. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't. So yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting time, you know, because mm-hmm. he's not, I think it's very easy to age children, especially like, you know, there's statistics and, and research on like the aging of young black boys in particular you know but he's still very much a baby like he's not you know he, just because he's tall doesn't mean he's right he's smarter than he was a month ago he's right just, it's a string bean he's just really tall <laughs> you know what I mean I, I just read something like, uh I read something recently about how American culture has created this word toddler to like apply to one to three or four year olds but mm-hmm. no other or like a lot of other countries around the world and languages around the world don't have a term for toddler. It's just baby and then a kid, right? So we've created this kind of like middle place of existence for these babies, but they're still little babies, actually. They still have like a very undeveloped brain and it's kind of like you expect them to behave more maturely or something, but in reality, it's still a baby. Yeah. He's still a baby. He puts everything in his mouth. He chews on puzzle pieces. I don't know. You know, he's like a dog. He just like puts it in your mouth. Spit it out. Is that for Right. No, it's not. Okay. Oh my <laughs> God. Archie just chewed on cat litter this morning. Jeff. <laughs> it wasn't like from the litter box, but like it must have been stuck to one of the cat's paws and it was a clump of litter and Archie like put it in his mouth for a second. Luckily, Jeff caught him right away. So Oh, it was just like, oh no, that's my worst nightmare, him eating cat litter. So <laughs> luckily we like rinsed his mouth out really fast. I'm like <laughs> I know. Luckily oh. our cat litter, you know, is like on the other side of the gate. So it wasn't until this last year that he was like, What's that, mama? And I was like, This is where the cats poo and pee. He's like, Oh <laughs> <laughs> So that's enough for him to not want to be involved. So Good. He's like, yeah. Poop the poop. <laughs> <laughs> he's too much he's funny yeah so yeah so that's how I'm doing you know just reflecting <laughs> reflecting on time mm, mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah mm. but it feels good it feels good yeah oh okay so today <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird noise I just made but I was like trying to transition in a in a fun way it turned out to be weird oh dear Huh. Um. Yeah. So today's episode, we are focusing on the myth of getting too bulky. And I think this is a very packed episode. I, you know, did some research on hormones and other kind of anatomy type things and muscle growth statistics and things like that. And there's a lot of info out there. So I'm going to try to keep it brief. But um. What are your first thoughts about this myth, Laura? So I don't know if this like helps or hinders anything that we're going to get into, but I have this pea coat that I really, really love, right? And 
the first year after I like really like when you and I were working out a lot, like the first year that I was like really like working out, right? Like not just like seeing my trainer, but I was like working out like five days a week, right? Doing strength training. That next winter, I tried to put this pea coat on and it fits, except my arms cannot go into the sleeves. Because <laughs> <laughs> my gains in my arms prohibited me from putting on this mm. coat and everything else though right like my waistline even though the scale like wasn't really changing like the my waist was smaller right like my body had recomped itself which is typical if you're working out as much as you and I were working out right like we had no babies we had right we had we had a lot of free time we were like we were working out three hours a day yeah yeah, I think about that sometimes and I'm like damn yo that was like a different life and I realized that people are still doing that but anyway I digress Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah you know and it, it it made me think about right like there's there's definitely this idea and it definitely is like a very niche demographic that will come into a gym or a Pilates studio in my case and will explicitly tell you that they do not want to get bulky. (laughs) I don't know how many times I've heard that phrase, but it's like a countless amount of times in a fitness consultation or assessment with a new client, just them explicitly saying that phrase, I don't want to get bulky. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I think I saw a meme that was like, you know, being afraid of getting bulky because you work out once or twice a week is like the same as you like, you know, cooking eggs and thinking that you're going to be like a Michelin chef, right? Like it's, you clearly, we need to have a conversation. Right. Like it's accidentally going to happen to you. Like the skill and work and all the time that you would have to put into that is accidentally going to happen to you because you work out two hours a week. Right. right? And like, let's think back now to the, what I was saying about this coat, this coat had fit me for years and I had been working out for years prior to me changing my program to a very specific goal, right? I, I I made changes in my program so that my body would change in a very specific way. And the goal really was to lift as heavy as I could, right? It was like, get some PRs on my deadlifts, try to do some pull-ups, right? Like I had very specific movement goals and aesthetically my body was going to change. And I knew that, right? And I understood that. And I, I think that it's the onus is on the, trainer right or the Pilates instructor whoever it is to kind of set these realistic expectations like have a real conversation with these people that are coming in you don't have to be sassy right you don't have to be like that's not gonna happen right like because it probably is not (laughs) right (laughs) unless they want it to right like it's not just gonna happen however it you have to have a you have to set these like real goals where these again have these like real conversations set towards real expectations over like what you're gonna do and what that looks like and like what body composition is like you almost have to school people on like on on what bulky right what, what is this right, and right. Also, like, well and you what... have to just define what bulky means to them because right. bulky to one person is probably very different than what the term bulky means to another person another, right. yeah so and it's I, it's very subjective. It right, it's totally subjective and I think that, you know, having been in the Pilates world for so long, 
people would come in specifically, right? They would want to do Pilates and not do strength training. And I have some clients like that still that like, I want to do Pilates. I don't want to do strength training because whatever, they don't want to worry about whatever it is, right? That That's what they want to work with me on. And I think that Pilates is just so different than, and yoga can probably be clumped into this group too, right? It's very different than strength training because the inherently there is no progressive overload, right? There's not, there's, you're not talking about that in yoga. <laughs> you're, not, right. you're not talking about loading, right? So you're not, you're not talking about any of that in Pilates or in yoga. And it's a very different world because of it. So I think that what marketing has done is kind of run with that and told people that because of the nature of these two things, yeah, you're most, most likely, and they don't say that in the marketing, but they'll say, Oh, you'll have lean muscles. You'll have lean and tone and all Strengthen and lengthen. Yeah. Strengthen and lengthen. Right. Like you're never going to overwork muscles. You're never going to underwork muscles. Everything works as a system, all this, whatever. And that's great marketing. It's very, I mean, it makes it very clear to the person, maybe what, (laughs) what you're going to do or what you're not going to do, but it doesn't really touch on what the real factors are, which are some things that you're going to talk about, right? Like hormones and your age mm-hmm. and any pathological issues you might be having. Are you sleeping? What's your diet like? Because if we're meeting right. once or maybe twice a week, maybe even, even if I'm seeing you three times a week, especially if it's only for Pilates, right? We're not, I shouldn't say only for Pilates. So if I'm, if I'm seeing you for Pilates and I'm not seeing you for strength training, the chances that we're going to recomp you to the point where you're n- not fitting into your winter coats like I am, <laughs> you know, probably, probably kind of slim, you know what I mean? But not guaranteed because I don't know what your genetics are. I don't know what you're eating. I don't know what you're doing the other 23 hours of the day when I don't see you. Right. I don't, I don't know enough of these other factors to make that guarantee and promise that to you. I just know that like the tendency is for Pilates to create certain growth and certain muscle fibers and I understand that and I can share that with you but I can't guarantee you that you're not gonna get more muscular if that's what you consider bulky I again right. it goes back to what what does that mean right I don't I don't I don't know what are you talking about yeah it's like okay are you scared of looking muscular at all are you implying that you just don't want to look like a crossfit athlete like what is that definition for yourself? And why do you have this fear of becoming quote unquote bulky? Because I feel like a lot of people, and this is, you know, going to generalize, but women in general have this tendency to not want to get bulky because they see muscles as not being feminine and then not appealing to the male sex. And it's like this whole thing that's wrapped up in what it means to be a sexy woman in our society so there's all of this cultural and societal implications locked into their reasoning as well so it's a lot to unpack um but i think you're right i think that there is so much that goes into being able to grow muscle tissue i mean scientifically biologically it takes a lot of working parts to be able to even just gain, you know, one pound of muscle in a month, that takes a lot of work. And so, yeah, we're going to get into that today about, about that. Um, 
but yeah, I just, you know, it's, this is, this is a topic that really hits home to me because for a long time I was a dancer in my life and the goal was to be smaller and thinner and leaner for my dance career. But that really meant preventing myself from feeling strong and from feeling good about my body and prevented me from actually doing things that I wanted to do or getting out of pain. So, you know, these are, um, these are just things that I guess, you know, maybe a lot of women have dealt with their whole life of trying to balance that kind of like the appeal to be sexy or the appeal to look a certain way, but then also to feel a certain way. How is that, you know, that, basically hypocrisy of the um that ideal of like being lean and small and obviously there's a lot that goes into that when we look at <laughs> when we look at things like racism and systemic racism and the patriarchy and stuff like that too so it's it's just so much but um like I said I'm going to try to keep it simple and more scientific today <laughs> as I go through my topics <laughs> I think it's also important, you know, like, again, going back to the perspective of like, if I was, if I was like back at Equinox, and I'm getting these like comp sessions, right? People are walking in and these are the things that they're saying, even if I'm getting a new client now, and if that's something that they say, you got to figure out a way to not only define what they're trying to tell you, like what, it, what is it that they, what do they consider bulky? What, what, what does that mean? Do, are they actually just saying they don't want to be big they want to lose weight like what does that mean but you have to figure out a way to like simplify like basic science kind of right that like certain exercises are going to do certain things to certain muscles and other exercises aren't and you could program in a way that's low intensity and slower and more endurance training and more sprinting and more running and more cardio based and you know lower weights yeah and most again most likely asterisk because it really depends on what's happening outside right. of the hours that i'm with you and like what what are you doing and are we writing you a program that you were following every day when we're like all the other days of the week when we're not together like what does that look like but anyway you you could potentially then gear towards having slow twitch type muscles, right? Where like maybe again, asterisk possibly most likely going to end up having a more lean body, which is something like you'd see in your track stars and your marathon runners, right? These people. Endurance-based athletes, yeah. Endurance-based athletes, right? We can- Because certain can track agree. stars, certain track stars like sprinters are actually very muscular, you know? Muscular, right. Yeah. But they're still like, smaller so again right that goes back to the def definition Depends, of yeah. like, what are right. what are we talking about versus like you know somebody who wants to feel strong but doesn't want to be bulky <laughs> you know like we have yeah. to figure that out because if you want to feel strong does that mean that you want to be able to pull your body up and like do pull-ups and like you know like and lift things up that are heavy because 
those are going to change other different types of muscle fibers, which like possibly again, asterisk could mean that those muscles are going to get bigger. Like, yeah. And how big is too big for you and all that. And big for you. And like, you know, right. You have to like have these honest conversations. So like certain exercises are going to do this and certain exercises are going to do this. We could do a little layover of both. Right. We're like, maybe there's a 50, 50 split, but I don't know that if we can honestly, as professionals, promise anybody anything. Yeah, I, I mean, you unpopular, can't. Just unpopular <laughs> opinion, I'm sure, because you see this all over the internet, right? It's right. like, like 12 weeks to weight, like weight loss program and like a 12 yeah. week app program. And like, what did I just post the other day? It was like a pregnancy Oh, yes. I saw this on your Instagram story. And I was like, oh, my God, people are advertising this as like a pregnancy or only belly pregnancy, like how to do an only belly pregnancy. So you're not gaining weight anywhere else in your body. And I was just flabbergasted because that is just so um, just it's just so infuriating to me. It's infuriating. It's actually really disturbing and Mm -hmm. kind of like triggers me a little bit. Yeah. It just like kind of sad and it's just I I I think it's an opportunity for people to have honest conversations like I said Mm -hmm. right like you have to have you have to figure out as the professional also like what's the mindset of this person coming into you because you might actually get more insight into other things like what their eating habits are like and like you know yeah what they're what they're actually worried about might be something bigger than just like being smaller there might there might be other things happening and so I think it's a really good opportunity when you're having your intake to just be really honest about like what it is that you can do as a trainer don't just say yes to anybody that like comes in and like yes I could promise that because if you don't deliver they're gonna leave anyway so what's the point right Right. um and like yeah like I said like programming is a thing right if you're not a trainer and you're not working with a trainer and you are doing any exercises that you've seen online or like the same (laughs) exercises you've been doing since high school and you're wondering why your body isn't changing or you're worried that it's changed whatever like if you're gonna just be all over the map then your body is gonna be all over the map too right Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're just doing things because you're trying to avoid doing other things you know like you need to get some insight maybe hire a trainer for like six sessions. You know what I mean? You don't have to have a long-term relationship with this person, but it would be helpful to have somebody who has the coaching experience to understand how to write a program towards what it is that is your actual goal, especially if you are afraid of your body changing or not changing or whatever, you know, whatever this fear is that people have about getting their bulky aesthetic, and like, yeah, their aesthetic yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that if you can't, you know, afford to work with someone one-on-one, then hire someone to do programming for you, write the program for you based mm-hmm. off of your goals and your lifestyle and things like that, because then that takes the guesswork out of it for you. And they're going to know exactly like what set and rep schemes to program for based on your goals and, you know, not just aestheticals, but, you know, your strength and function of your body and things like that and what kind of things you want to be able to do in your everyday life. Um, I think that could be a good path for a lot of people that, you know, have these kinds of fears and don't know what to do. Um, 
but also maybe, you know, start journaling or go to therapy or something and try to unpack <laughs> what this fear is of getting bulky and like what that really means. Cause is it, is it a fear of, you know, of certain body types? Is it a, is it a fear of losing your femininity? Is it a fear of aging? You know, all those kinds of things that could be wrapped up into it. Um, and yeah, I think that <laughs> there's just so much to talk about, but let's, um, let's get into just a little bit of the science, science-based facts that I have for today. Um, we talked a little bit about it already, but hormones play a big role in our ability to increase muscle mass and maintain muscle mass, um, and how our fat is distributed in our body as well, which can have a big effect on how we appear aesthetically. So the first thing I just wanted to talk about is testosterone levels. Um, typically men have higher levels of testosterone compared to women. And these are, you know, people that are born with these male and female sex organs. But of course, if you identify as something, um, different than you were born with, um, it could be different depending on how you identify. Um, and some women also have higher testosterone levels just genetically in their bodies. It could be run in the family or something like that. So it's not, it's not a hundred percent this is true for all women versus men. Um, but testosterone is crucial for muscle protein synthesis and the growth of muscle mass in, you know, in your body in general. Um, so women do produce testosterone, but at significantly lower levels. So this makes, you know, making natural muscle hypertrophy, which is increasing muscle size, less pronounced in women compared to men in general. So like we were talking about, it's just going to be generally more challenging, especially if you're only working out, you know, three hours a week of strength training and, or, you know, resistance training to build muscle. It's going to be very challenging to make significant gains just doing it naturally because of our, because of women's less or lower testosterone level. Um, and then another hormone that we're going to talk about real quick is estrogen, because this has to do with fat distribution in the body. Women tend to have higher levels of estrogen, which impacts the metabolism and how fat is distributed. And this has, you know, influence on muscle growth or less influence on muscle growth than testosterone, but it can, um, Estrogen can actually protect against muscle damage, which helps with recovery. Um, so even though it might not contribute to muscle size in the same way that testosterone does, estrogen can help us recover more easily after workouts. So it is one of the benefits of having a higher estrogen level. Um, and then the growth hormone, both men and women produce the human growth hormone, which plays a role in muscle growth and recovery as well. The levels are relatively comparable between the sexes. However, um, growth hormone does work synergetically with other hormones like testosterone. So which means that even though we have a similar level of growth hormone in the body, because men generally have higher testosterone levels, then they will see greater muscle gains 
due to those higher testosterone levels and the synergetic relationship between the growth hormone and testosterone. So it kind of all plays in together like that. Um, and then last one I wanted to talk about is cortisol. Um, the cortisol is the stress hormone. It affects muscle tissue breakdown and it can be counterproductive to muscle growth. And studies have shown that women might have a less pronounced cortisol response to resistance training compared to men, which actually could potentially make recovery easier for women, even though the muscle growth is slower. So that just basically means that even though our muscle growth in women um, is a little bit less potentially, it actually could be maintained easier, even if we have higher levels of stress which is pretty cool. But it doesn't mean that we're going to significantly gain muscle mass because of that lower cortisol response. Um, yeah. And just, you know, understanding that can help us, you know, tailor training to your goals and to, you know, men and women optimizing results based on your hormone profiles. So that way you can really get more of a nuanced approach to your strength training. Um, you know, it's not the end all be all, it kind of depends on your hormone levels. You can take tests to, you know, really find out the details of your hormone levels. And like maybe your estrogen levels are really high compared to other women that might have a an effect on your fat distribution and your, um, your ability to um, gain muscle mass. So you might want to get that tested if you feel like it could be something that's imbalanced. But overall, I would say that it's just really the, you know, the biological difference between the male and female body. So I don't have anything to add, cool. um, except that I started taking creatine mm -hmm. like a month ago, which I guess isn't hormones, but <clears throat> does help with energy and recovery. Right. And I feel like yeah. that has been I definitely feel the difference on the weeks that I'm not taking it mm -hmm. and yeah that makes protein synthesis for muscle growth it increases protein synthesis in your body right. creatine so it's easier to gain muscle mass and right. helps you recover after workouts and that's you know creatine is like the most um it's the most tested supplement in the world so it's very safe to take I actually started taking it um, before we moved from California and I forgot to pack it with me. So I have to order some more, but when I was taking it, I was feeling really good. I just haven't taken it like the past month or so. Um, that, and, you know, I'm going to talk about cycling a little bit too. Like mm, period cycling. Yeah. I have a couple of apps and they always suggest like more like down tempo, like low intensity work around my period mm -hmm. and I'm not sure I agree with it like I think that it's probably very specific to the person right it's you... very yeah I was just gonna say it's very specific <laughs> like your your um hormonal shifts could be very extreme depending on your body and other people could have very like minimal hormone shifts during their cycle so it it could feel like you don't need to adapt your training to your cycle and other women could feel like, oh, this is significantly, you know, making a difference in my training when I adapt 
week by week to what phase I'm in in my cycle. And I sometimes I have to like, right, change the programming a little bit so that maybe it's not as intense, but not by the degree that I feel like is suggested. Mm-hmm. And typically I feel much better once I've done it. Like most things, I guess, right? When you're when you're not feeling like you want to work out. Um, just observations, I guess. Yeah. Anecdotal about like my own body and my own experience and <clears throat> things that have been working for me to stay consistent with my practice. And, you know, clearly I'm not afraid of getting bulky. So this is <laughs> this this I'm not that niche, but um, you know, I I don't know. I, I think there might have been a time when I was younger where I really was focused on being small. Like I I I think you had mentioned something about like it being sexy or something. Like I thought being smaller was more desirable. Mm-hmm. And I feel very different now. I just want to eat and work out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if I try to like I I had people tell me that they're like you know doing really what I would consider a pretty extreme cut to lose weight where mm-hmm. they're like eating like 1200 calories in a day but I thought that like you need at least 1400 just to live but maybe my math is wrong yeah no your math is not wrong that okay. is an extreme <laughs> extremely low caloric intake for a day that's like the amount of food that like a toddler like renee eats in a day like okay. that should be not anyone's any adult should oh. be probably eating at least 1800 calories a day because your body needs fuel in order to maintain muscle mass in order to function in order to think properly in order to do all of these things and it's you know if you take a body composition like the in body exam that you know equinox has or like a lot of these luxury gyms have they show you your basal metabolic rate which is based off of your lean muscle mass right so the more muscle mass you have the more calories your body needs to function on a daily basis but that's just like your baseline Mm -hmm. and that would be if you were just sleeping in a coma all day (laughs) that doesn't include any activity at all so it's like if you're eating only 1200 calories a day you're in like probably almost a 1500 caloric you know deficit which is so extreme I was, it was, and you know, I'm not a nutritionist. So I was like, just going to say that I don't think that that's ideal, but you know, they are going to do what they're going to do anyway. But I, you know, I say all that to say, I feel better in my workouts when I eat. And if I don't eat a certain amount and certain things, I have a harder time doing my workouts because mm-hmm. my workouts tend to be heavy and power driven. And the reason why that's relevant here is because you need to eat for the body you want as well. And again, if your programming doesn't look like mine, like you're not doing power, you're not doing cleans and you're not throwing bells up over your head, then maybe you don't need to be eating like me. And then chances are you're not going to bulk up like me either. You know what I mean? Right. I was just going to get into that. Yeah. Right. Besides the genetics, besides all that, like literally I need to eat in order to do the things that I do because I do some wild shit, you know? Yeah. (laughs) 
events for other people who are not chasing after three soon to be three-year-olds and also throwing dumbbells around yeah maybe maybe Mm -hmm. maybe you also don't have to worry about bulking up because your needs are not like mine yeah and most (laughs) most women in general and just in general most humans in modern society aren't eating enough calories to bulk up or a caloric surplus to gain muscle in that specific way while they're tandem training in that very specific way with you know the hypertrophy rep and set schemes and dedicating 90 minutes of their workout five days a week in order to build muscle right so basically you need a significant caloric surplus along with consistent targeted training and your caloric surplus to gain you know only two pounds of pure muscle in a month, it would require roughly a surplus of 2,800 calories in that month. So, or no, sorry, that's, oh, you would need an extra 5,600 calories over the span of that month, right? So that's a lot of calories every day, like another 180 calories per day of surplus, but that's like consistently eating over what you would normally be eating in order to gain that muscle mass. Um, so, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of eating. It's a lot. And not just eating, but eating a very specific way, right? Like you look at bodybuilders, diets, people that are dedicated to this lifestyle, they're not eating just anything. They're eating like white chicken meat that's not cooked in oil or butter or anything and it's like plain rice and broccoli like that's what they're eating every meal or not even the rice sometimes you know it's just like the protein so it it is definitely definitely a very specific lifestyle and so if you're afraid of quote unquote looking bulky you have to really evaluate what your nutritional support is like what your you know training regime is like and if you're taking adequate um, time for recovery, adequate hydration, adequate sleep, all of those things contribute to muscle growth. It's not just the time in the gym. So like we talked about before, it is something that just doesn't accidentally happen. Um, unless for some reason your genetics are like, you know, extremely like a Spartan uh Olympic woman or something like that or you know like for some reason your genetics are like yes we love this working out only three days a week will gain muscle mass like no other like you know and like Laura said like she's taking creatine like most bodybuilders that's the minimum that they're taking there's all these other supplements and steroids and human growth hormone that they're taking to build muscle so there's a lot that can go into it and Mm -hmm. definitely it doesn't happen by accident. No, they don't have to worry about it. And even the natural bodybuilders that I know that aren't taking the growth hormones. I mean, I see what they eat because they're miserable and they post it on Instagram because they're miserable. (laughs) Right. Like another day of chicken. (laughs) (laughs) 
They're like, can't wait until, you know, 30 days from now when I can have that piece of chocolate, you know, whatever it is. Like, right. Or they try to like trick themselves into having these like healthier versions of like sweet things. And you're like, oh, I found this thing. And it's like awful, awful foods, awful protein. <laughs> like, laden. remember all those protein bars and cookies I used to the eat? Cookies? They were oh, so gross. <laughs> but they had like, you know, 20 to 30 grams of protein in a little in a little protein bar and it was a quick fix for a snack in between sessions or whatever but man oh man did they taste awful oh my god I really tried today I was like okay like I won't eat too much too much too many carbs right like you know going on vacation in a couple weeks maybe I should try to lean it down a little bit (laughs) I couldn't make it through the second meal (laughs) I had a protein I had a protein shake at like whatever time seven o'clock or whatever and then by like nine I was like oh I'm hungry so then I had like two eggs and some sausage and then I was like no I need bread with this <laughs> um, I need bread I, I absolutely need bread and then hey, I had carbs are of- not the enemy we've no, talked about totally this not. before carbs are they're fuel not. but I am trying to like get a little you know what I mean so I was like all right all right you know save the carbs for later uh and, th- and then I had um some yogurt and I like to dip my rice cakes in the yogurt because it's delicious. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, you know, I just rather <laughs> feel full. I'd rather feel full and have a little belly. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, but like, I mean, long story short, though, right? Like I am the strongest that I've ever been in my entire existence. So I don't think, you know, I'm not saying these things just to like be funny and be cute and talk about what I eat. I am hungry because I am lifting <laughs> heavy weights, heavier than I've ever lifted, right? And and sustaining my energy more than I have ever had to because I, again, have like a small child and a business and my own goals, right? And so how would I sustain that without eating? I don't know, right? And so like, for me, I can't be afraid of being bigger. I can't have this notion like I can't adhere to these I don't know societal pressures that like I should look a certain way because I'm a fitness professional because my body has changed for a multitude of reasons and also I feel like a badass so I'm not really that concerned that I had a piece of sourdough with my eggs you know what I mean because my goal is to feel, continue to feel like a badass. You know, I, I would like to feel like a badass. I would like to be in this badassery for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And I realized that my badassery comes from me sustaining my energy. And in order for me to sustain my energy, I I have to eat. I I, I mean, I, I cannot express to you how much food goes in my gullet. <laughs> I have to. And I, and I also realized that that is right. Like chicken or the egg. Like I, I've, I've seen this on Instagram where people are like, I don't work out hard because I don't want to be hungry. Mm. Interesting. And they sell that as part of their, these are fitness professionals. They sell this as like part of their like low impact workouts, which like, again, niche, you clearly have a demographic. They're into it. You don't want to feel ravenous, whatever, but that's not that's not what I'm about. And I, I could fully say that you have your corner of the internet and I have mine, <laughs> you know, and like my, in my corner of the internet, we eat as much as we can <laughs> because we want to do hard shit. 
and also not pass out. And I don't care if I feel hungry, I'll eat. Right. I think that's the difference of training for aesthetics versus training for like functionality, right? right? And like being able to pick up your kid or like do all the things that you do on a daily basis easily or do extra things like hike or whatever it is for yourself. But yeah, I think like those low impact workouts and stuff like that have their place. Obviously, like they're great for recovery and, um, you know, for implementing on days when you don't feel 100% or something like that, or you just need to move your body and connect with, you know, yourself. But I think that doing that long term, obviously, isn't going to make any adaptations in your not just your aesthetics, but in your strength as well. And so like, what are you really doing for yourself outside of getting me time? And I mean, if that's where you're at, and that's awesome. But I would just ask people to reflect on why they're doing it. And is it really tied to body image issues and things like that? Or is it just simply that you don't know don't really know the impact that that kind of workout has versus strength training or something like that. So it's something to explore learning, you know, learning more or learning from a coach to show you the differences. Like we said, have someone program for you. So you have some guidance and you're able to, you know, I don't know a lot of people that don't want to get stronger, I guess is my, is my, my thing. But, um, most of my clients and people that I've worked with in the past always have some sort of strength goal. So like you said, you know, that's more of my niche versus I guess these trainers that are doing only low impact, slow twitch fiber, low intensity workouts all the time. I don't know. Well, I think you also had a good point that I was kind of hearing there too, is that, you know, long-term, what are you adapting for? Because as far as I understand especially listening to like peter atia and i guess like beth lewis right they've been coming up with like actual equations as Mm. to like what what is it that you need to do right now to do this thing that you want to do in the last 10 years of your life right so like if you want i think he had a a, an example and i'm probably gonna botch some of the numbers but like he had an example of like a, a gentleman who has like a house and he has like stairs that lead down to a a lake and he wants to be able he's like 80 right he wants to be able to go down these stairs and come back up these stairs maybe he's like in his 70s about to be 80 something like that right he wants Mm -hmm. to go down these stairs come back up these stairs and go out on his boat and feel like he can do both directions particularly the coming back up without problems Mm -hmm. and yeah he came up with an equation well this is exactly how much you have to lift this is exactly how much you need your specific reps and sets so that you can sustain that life of going down the stairs without falling, without tripping and going back up without having to stop. Mm-hmm. Right. And it wasn't an easy workout. The things that he said, right. Like it was like, you need to lift, like it was, it was heavy weights, heavy weights, yeah, farmer carries and squats and hinges, right. Like heavy, he wanted him to pick up heavy shit. And keep doing that for a while so that he can build up to being in his 80s. Right. Now that I'm remembering, I think maybe the game, maybe the guy was in his 60s. And and so it was going to be like a long-term plan that he was on. So that by the time he was like in his mid-70s, right, he was going to be able to have the strength. 
And I say all that to say what I'm training for when I say, oh, I want to eat and I want to lift up these weights and do all that. I'm, I'm training so that my body can continue to do that for as long as possible. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be able to push myself forward, literally through space. I live in New York city. I want to be able to go down the stairs into the subway and back out. And nowadays I want to be able to protect myself while I'm on a platform because there's a lot of things that are happening to people in the city. Right. Yeah. And those are real expectations of my own body. Right. And I, I think that I would invite the listeners to also think about that. What, what are these real expectations that you're working towards, not just aesthetics and not just like, I want to feel strong now. Cause that that's all fine. That's great. I want you to feel strong now too, but what are you working towards? Right? Yeah. Do you want to feel strong now and then start to lose the strength? And then when you're 70, not be able to get on the floor. No, I, I think you want to keep going. Right. Yeah. I would guess. Right. I have a couple of clients right now that are newer to me and they're in their eighties. We are working on progressively <laughs> loading their body. Yeah. And I have, I, I have higher expectations of them than I think they probably realized. Right. Because they just came in with your usual, I want to be strong bit. And I had to set movement goals for them because I, I knew that they weren't going to come in and say like, Oh, I want to be able to lift and hinge and whatever. Right. They're not going to say that they're going to say, I want to be strong. So I set the movement goal. And now mm. we're moving towards that goal, right? And the side effect of that is they're going to feel stronger. And also they'll be able to do this badass thing of like lifting weights and squatting heavy and standing on one foot, which is going to help them out in the real world so that when they step off the curb and the car comes out of nowhere, they can stop themselves before they face plant. Yeah. Because that's what we're training for. I'm not training them so they can lift their groceries only right i want them to be able to lift their body right right like, and yeah. these, these are real things and and it is a little i guess irritating right to see people kind of like water the movement down so much water their exercises down so much and be like this is just to feel good like yeah good but also we need to do a little bit more right <laughs> like i yeah. want you to feel good but i also like need you to push it just a, yeah. just a little bit you know yeah like imagine how much better you would feel if you actually pushed yourself and increased strength gradually in a very strategic way so you could do etc all the things yeah. you know yeah it's it's definitely, I think there's, you know, there's extremes in both directions. Like there's the people that just do like hit and high intensity and like you want to crush your body every workout and things like that. And obviously that's not sustainable either. But I think the opposite end of that, the low intensity, like never increasing load or never building up a sweat or anything like that obviously is not sustainable either because you're not going to get stronger you're going to age uh, not as well as other people because you don't have the muscle mass or the bone density to keep your body, you know, in a very strong uh, place and you're going to fall and not be able to get up or you're going to slump over in your posture or whatever it is because your body is not used to tension and it's not used to load and things like that or 
all sorts of things that we could get into. But yeah, I think that you, you know, you nailed it when you were talking about that. And I just wanted to add that little bit, but yeah, it's uh well, it's funny. You said that losing muscle mass, right? Like I wish more people understood that as you age, you lose muscle mass. So that again, the right priority of like not bulking is not even set in science. Like it's not a real, it's not yeah. a real thing. Because yeah. every day you get closer to losing it. Like you literally are just going to like start, I don't want to say falling apart, but things just kind of like start changing. Your body yeah. is just like, we don't need this anymore. We're not using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our bodies want to be efficient at their energy expenditure. Mm-hmm. They don't want to keep, you know, our body's not going to keep releasing calories and energy to maintain muscle mass that is not being used. So if you're not using it, you know, you're going to lose it. And I really think people should bulk up as much as they can while they can, right? (laughs) Like get the muscle mass while you can, while your body is in that age range of it being like, quote, easier to gain muscle mass before you hit you know, your fifties or whatever it is for, for your specific body. But, um, yeah, because you don't want to look back and be like, oh, that was the time when I could have laid this foundation for myself and created this strength in my literal skeletal structure. And now it's like, you know, much more challenging to feel strong, to feel that muscular change and things like that. And, gain muscle mass and 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 not saying it's impossible when you age to gain muscle mass you can still do it it's just much more difficult have you watched the arnold um documentary docu-series that they had on netflix which one i feel like there's a few of his oh i don't think i've seen that the reason i bring it up is because the man is like in his mid-70s i mean but he's like you know yeah well he's been doing it he's been doing it his whole life and he's been you know using steroids for a long time too i'm sure he's i don't know that he's still (laughs) using steroids i feel like his heart would stop he was for a long time he was yeah no he talks about it he's like yeah i mean that's what he did but you know it's just a good he is a good represent right representative representation representation that's Mm -hmm. what i'm looking for of like what could be right if we all just if we all I mean maybe not for the hours that he put in right but like if we all just like took a little time I have I mean I have so many clients that are again in that age group that have been working out that were dancers they've just been moving their bodies forever and they look like people that have been moving their bodies forever Mm -hmm. we don't talk about how what their age is and what their limitations are because there are very few and I'm we're not looking at that we're looking at all the things they can do trust me when you get to be 70 when you get to be 60, you're going to want to do things. You're going to want to move your body. You're going to want to be able to do as much as possible. And time is not on our side in in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a way for people to take back their autonomy and like agency in their bodies, you know, rather than be worried about things that they probably have very little control over anyway. Right? Yeah. And take the time and energy and money now to invest in your body now while you can. Like there was this, um, forget the name of the book, but it's like this retirement savings based book 
my father-in-law told me about it. And it basically was like the idea that you save up all your money and your retirement funds for the last like 20 years of your life to enjoy it. But like, why? Why not spend some of that money now to enjoy it while you can? Like, because when you're 80 and 90, you're probably not going to be able to do a lot of the things that you can do right now. Like, you know, travel easily or, you know, most people stop traveling after 80 years old because it's just not feasible physically. But, you know, obviously if you're working out strength training, maybe you can, but also, (laughs) you know, I feel like preparing for that sense of like retirement slash older age and making sure that you're using up that energy and that time now to be the most strong you can like don't save it for later do it now because it will be a more sustainable thing a more long-lasting effect if you get into the habit sooner and you take those steps to make it your lifestyle versus something that you save for the end as a last minute resort speak on it speak on it (laughs) (laughs) i mean and also if we're gonna get into a deeper conversation let's talk about how much less of a strain you would be on the healthcare system that all of us taxpayers are paying into Mm. if you took care of your body now and you didn't just let it happen to you heck yeah right like so true. this is also part of it, right? Like diabetes, the fact that people are just getting their body parts amputated because of diabetes, mm. that's a problem. These people, they're just like going into the ERs and like, oh, we got to take your leg off. You know what I mean? Like what is happening? You need to take care of your body now. Don't worry about your bulking. Just worry about your body. Yep. Baby steps. Baby steps. Grow that muscle. Grow the muscle. It takes a long time to grow. It takes a lot of hard work. Be proud of it. You know, that quote unquote toned look that you're hoping to get is actually muscle, muscle mass. So grow it, do the work, be proud of it, show it off, you know. Eat some eggs and avocado. Yeah, eat some protein. Love yourself. (laughs) Love yourself, totally. (laughs) Wow. All right. Well, I think we uh we thoroughly went through that topic. I think <laughs> we had a lot to say. There's still more I could say, but let's finish there and <laughs> save it for next time. Okay. Well, I love you. I love you. Okay. Thanks for listening. Yeah. See you guys next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your support and we would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe to Titillating Talks. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Titillating Talks and feel free to reach out to us via email, ttpodcastgals at gmail.com with any questions or suggestions. We would love to hear from you. Titillating Talks is produced by us, Hallie and Laura. And our music is by Cruise Cruise. We hope you found this episode titillating.